footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Rita, your host. I'm very happy to be with you again. And today it's a privilege for me to welcome my guest, Leila Jones. Thank you for coming with us, uh, Leila. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. I just met you briefly not long ago when you shared some of your story with some other people. And I thought you have a great story to share. And this program, as you already find out, is featuring our walk with Jesus, our experience with God, our daily walk. And today I would like to hear from you that great story which you have. But before we're going to hear that, I would like to just in a couple of words, if you could give us a bit of your background. Yep. So I was born in country New South Wales in a town called Narandra, which is just an hour out of Wagga. I was born into the church. Like my mum and dad were both Adventists, but the way that they got together was a little bit controversial and everyone kind of got... I have three sisters to my mum and a brother to my dad and everyone kind of got thrown into this mix really quickly in the space of nine or so months. So I've been raised in the church, but I guess through lots of different events, um, my dad had a lot of mental health issues and there was a few suicide attempts and stuff like that on his behalf that just kind of threw me a bit and I just kind of, I still went to church, but I didn't really, like I was still there physically, but I wasn't there spiritually. Sure. You're part of a mixed family. You have some other step brothers and sisters, uh, was that right? Half, half siblings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How old uh, are you in the, among the siblings? Okay, so I'm the youngest, and there's nine years between me and the next youngest. All right. So there's, there's a pretty big age gap. Mm -hmm. um, so they all really kind of left home before I was really in school. So I basically just grew up as an only child, kind of. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they all went off to uni and stuff. Sure. And yeah, well, now, even though you're... Um visiting church to say so you know because usually when the young people they go to church they don't understand necessarily and you know, uh, why are they there and why are not many of other their friends are you know the yeah. colleagues from yeah. school and so on but you're going to church and um, uh, you're not um, experiencing necessarily a closer relationship with god uh, is that what you were just trying to say or yeah um i guess there was that and also the fact that i was just really angry at him i didn't really understand who he was or like the relevance I yeah there's just a lot that I didn't understand and I was just quite an angry kid mm -hmm. really that of course during the years was uh, dragging you out of the church or uh, how that okay so was that experience share with us just really share how how that happened yeah so I, so I grew up in New South Wales and when I was about 15 years old my dad decided to move us to South Australia um, and that was kind of the last straw for me. Like I had been to church before and I knew that God was real and that he was there and all of that kind of stuff, but it was more tradition than anything else, for me at least. And the picture that I was portrayed of God was not a kind and loving God. People would say that, but then they would also say that he was like, it was just really harsh and judgmental and stuff. And I just didn't really understand how those two things could fit together. And so when I turned 15 and my dad moved us over my mum and I over here I did not want to move here at all like at all and so it was kind of the last straw for me and I just got really angry and I didn't understand why I was here and I didn't know anyone and my social skills weren't great um 
And so I just kind of, instead of running to God to help heal me from, like, the stuff that had happened in my childhood with, like, my dad attempting suicide and all of that kind of stuff, instead of running to God, I ran to relationships instead. So I was here for about two weeks. This guy started to pay interest in me and that I didn't understand why anyone would do that because I didn't have... I was, had no self-worth, basically. Um, and so I just kind of went with it and things went a lot further than I wanted them to. And, yeah, it was just... After that, it was just kind of like a spiral out of control. Um, I got very broken very quickly and I just jumped from relationship to relationship. And then before I knew it, I was with this guy from school as well. And At this time, I was only, like, 16 or something like that. And his family... Like, I was dead set, like, yep, this is the one. I'm, I'm, this, I'm, this is it, like... And so his family moved to Perth and I was like, well, because as a kid we moved around a lot and mum always moved wherever dad wanted to go. And I was like, well, you know, this is this is going to be my husband, so, like, you just move with him at 16. Um, and so I did and I moved to Western Australia with him and his family and he, his family, he had a Christian background but he wasn't really Christian and there was a lot of stuff there that I knew about but I didn't actually... I'm still now just discovering how deep those issues were. But in his family, his mum, I guess, as much as I probably shouldn't have moved at the age of 16, his mum showed me what love was, but it wasn't in a church setting. And so I guess, in a way, it kind of pulled me further away from church because I didn't have my parents telling me that I had to go anymore. And I had this amazing woman who it didn't matter what I did and there was no judgment there or no pressure there to be a certain way she just accepted me the way I am which looking at Jesus in the way that I know him now it's much more Christ-like than the environment that I was in but in along with that came like they all drank and stuff like that so it came the alcohol and which led me further down the track like later in life to become quite dependent on it we were only there for six months and then we moved back to South Australia um, and lived with my parents. And it's amazing to see, like, in hindsight, how God was still leading me, even though I didn't really want anything to do with him. But, yeah, we lived with my parents and it wasn't long until I found out that I was pregnant. And at this stage, I was 17. So I was already out of school because my schooling had just gotten so mucked up with all the moving that I couldn't really catch up. So I just didn't really see the point. But yeah, I found out that I was pregnant and it, it was at that point that the penny kind of dropped of, wow, this is a massive responsibility. With everything that had happened, like all of this had happened in the space of like a year, year and a half maybe, and um, it all just kind of hit me and then I suffered from postnatal depression that went undiagnosed for like a really long time and it ended up being part of the reason that my relationship with my son's father ended. Um, just because we were both so young and none of us really knew what we were doing and I felt like I was drowning and I just wanted to get out. But instead of turning to God, I turned to other people or relationships again or like alcohol or anything else. I And I went down that path for about four years and it got to the stage where I had finally started... I went, I went to therapy a lot. Um, and in that time, I also, through going places that I probably shouldn't have been, just trying to survive, I ended up finding myself in Darwin with one of my son's friends who he, he'd been messaging me after the breakup this is like a while after the breakup and being like yeah you've had a really tough time like I get where you're coming from like come up here you need a break like my son can go to Canty 
go to his dad and you can just come up here and I was like well I don't have any money to do this and he was like no it's fine I'll just I'll pay for you to come up like it'll be fine and I was like yeah that's fine but like nothing's gonna happen like we're just friends like that's it but yeah he expected more than that and like I'm not angry at him for anything that happened after that like I don't I honestly don't believe that he fully realized what he was doing the whole situation got really messy really quickly and I just froze like my fear that we talk about flight or fight a lot but we don't talk about the other fear responses and one of them is freezing and that's what I do you know he kept going further and I wanted him to stop and I told him to stop and he didn't and I myriad of reasons as to why I think that is um but I tried to push him off and realized that I couldn't and then I just froze um and I just kind of went into this well if you just let it happen it'll be over and then you can move on and then I kind of blocked out the next couple of days like I cannot remember them um but after that it was just so painful and I'm still kind of realizing how much that affected me and I just kind of ran into like other people and other relationships and it was just like this downward spiral um and it wasn't until the start of this year like through all this I had moments where I was like yeah god like I need your help but I would always try and do it myself like he, he would he would fix it and heal me a little bit and I'm like yeah okay god I've got this and then I would take it back and do it on my own but it wasn't until the end start of this year where I was I'd been in a relationship with this guy for two years and we'd just gotten engaged and I and he wasn't Christian either and I it just kind of really dawned on me how much I wanted a family that was whole and I knew that I couldn't have that with him because we didn't have the same belief system and there was a whole lot of other stuff in it as well we were building a house together and we were engaged and everything on the surface looked really really almost picture perfect but I was still really empty and I finally clicked in my head that there is no relationship that you can have with any human on this earth that will fill the hole inside you that God can fill. That's a very big uh, thought to come in uh, anybody's head. You know, when you look around and you're searching for uh, what can give you joy and uh, whatever you need on this earth, but in the end to think of there is nobody else but God. Yeah. Even though you heard about from the early age about God but the picture you got was distorted you know it was not a right God you don't want to have a relationship with that kind of God yeah and as you just mentioned just uh, going from a relationship to another relationship and you mentioned something extraordinary uh, about um, the mother of you one of your partners who showed you love but they didn't follow God and again there was a, a missing there there's a gap there even yeah. if people are can be lovely people good people if they are not connected you know with god there are still there is still something empty there I, that i thought that really hit me you know to to see because in the end we are on this earth for a short period of time you know whatever can be 70 80 90 years but it's still short yeah. when you think of the eternity and you are considering now God. Yeah. How that thought come uh, into your mind? I mean, uh, was that anything like connected with your upbringing or uh, you uh, how how was God coming alive in um, your life? I guess there was a few factors. Like throughout this whole time my dad had been slowly getting to know who God was. Like his picture was becoming more clear. And just me seeing the change in his life 
part of my thought process was, well, if God can change and help him, then maybe he could do it for me too. But there was also, there was a, there was a few things. So I was scrolling through Facebook one day, and this was just really shortly after my most recent breakup, and there was a, a clip from a sermon from Pastor Michael Todd which in America, and he did a relationship series called Relationships Goals. And relationships is not something that I had ever really, like, it's never really been talked about. Like, the only thing that was ever told to me as a child was, you don't have sex before marriage, and then you'd ask why, and they'd say, because that God doesn't want you to. And that was never really good enough for me. Like, I wanted to understand, yeah, but, but why? And nothing ever got explained. Like, it wasn't one of those topics that was really talked about. So when I saw this clip from Pastor Michael Todd, he actually explained, I think the the clip that I saw originally was was about like sex I think and how like important that is and how sacred that is and so I was like no I have to like there's got to be more than just this I wonder if I can find the rest of the sermon because it was only like a five or ten minute clip and then I found the whole series and it's an eight-part series and it starts from like being single and how important being single is, which is something that was never talked about when I was younger. It was always like, you know, you need to get married so you don't lust for things and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'd never heard anybody talk about how important it was to be single and how important it was to get your relationship with God right before you entered a relationship with anyone else. Like, I'd never heard any of this before. And he went through this whole series um, about how important singleness is and, like, the steps to take in, in your singleness and then in like entering into relationships and dating and all of that kind of stuff and it just kind of blew my mind and all through that it was all biblical like he brought it all from the bible and I was just like wow this is really good stuff like I wonder how how else he preaches like what else he preaches about and then I saw his you are loved series and it cut me to the core just how much God values me as a person and how he has known me since before I was in my mother's womb and just brought out the bible and he just reiterated how important it is to actually be actively in your bible and reading about jesus and getting to know who he is and that kind of really sparked my interest all of my fire really that it kind of lit inside of me to say okay god who are you really because there's a lot of different pictures that people portray of who you are but who are you actually and so from that i um Life itself on the outside didn't really look like it was any different. Like, my life was still really dramatic and really chaotic. And I was still making really dumb decisions. But on the inside, there was something... The, the cogs were finally starting to churn. So I, did, I started to read the Bible and I started to see this stuff and I started to pull out promises and I was like, wow, is this stuff really for me? And I started to, like, pray on them and get, like, a proper devotional time and dedicate time to God, like, every day. And I was like, come on, like, God, do you have to, like, please help me. Um, and then it got to the stage where I was getting my wisdom teeth out. Like I'd just gotten my wisdom teeth out and I'd been thinking about this stuff for a while. My son's stepmom came in and we were not friends at this point. Like we tolerated each other, but that was about it. Um, and she came into my room after dropping my son off because I was very high on endone. Um, like my wisdom teeth and she came in and she she just looked at me and I remember parts of this conversation but the bits that I do remember is she looked at me and she said what are you doing what are you doing with your life just that's basically it. like what are you doing and it just kind of it was I guess the straw that broke the camel's back and everything and like within a couple of weeks like I'd 
told my ex-partner, like, we can't do the house. Like, it was getting too expensive. It wasn't a good investment financially. Um, And then I was just like, we talked about our relationship and where he wanted to go with his life and where I wanted to go with my life, and we were not equally yoked Mm. at all. Mm. Time to take a short break right now, and um, we'll come back. Uh, This is In the Footsteps of Jesus with Nick Rita, and our guest today is Leila Jones. We're going to listen to a song by Sandra Enterman, and we'll be back in a sec. Just don't go anywhere, please. Stay with us. Show it to me. 
See Jesus in Me, beautiful song with Sandra Enterman, and my guest today is Leila Jones. Growing up in a confused environment, searching for things in this world, getting herself involved in many relationships, thinking that she will find happiness, she will find something what she wants, and all through these years. She just came across disappointments and came across a lots of not so good situations, but a thought comes in her mind about God, who's the only one to sort out our problems, and the question for her is now: Do they see Jesus in her? Leila, thank you for sharing with us so far. Where are you in your walk with God, with Jesus, right now? Well, um, as I was saying before, I kind of came to the conclusion that I really wanted to find God and just figure out who He actually was. Life was still really chaotic on the surface, like on the outside. Um, but like I said, there was something stirring on the inside, and it got to the point where I just said, like, I cannot do this anymore. And so I was coming back from cancelling yet another wedding dress. And I was on the expressway, and I was driving home, and I just kind of, you know, how you could just hit that point where you're like, no, enough is enough. Like I'm not. There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to life than what I'm living in. And so I just said, I was just let it all out. It was kind of like a King David moment where he would just scream at God and be like, "What are you doing? Where are you?" And so I was just screaming in the car, and I just said to him, like, "Where are you? Like you say in Jeremiah that you have plans for me, plans to prosper me and not." not to harm me like where are your plans for me what are we doing like where are you in my life like you say that you're going to be there and it just feels like you're never there my life is a mess i like i can't do this and i just remember hearing him so clearly and it wasn't an audible voice it was i don't i don't really know how to to describe it but it was just so clear to me he was just said layla i can't heal you because you won't let me 
and it just it took me for six and I and I was still really angry at this point and the emotions hadn't quite calmed down yet and I just said you really want all this like you you can see all of my past you can see all the problems that I have in my life right now you know everything about me do you you really want this fine have it it's all yours like all yours do with it help me heal me like I cannot do this on my own anymore and I just remember him just just so clearly going finally and then the next the thing he said to me was, Layla, if you really want to do this, you have to get baptised. There's no more fence sitting anymore. You're either with me or you're not. Mm. Um, and so I was like, fine, I'll go get baptised. And then he just, just like, you need to talk to Travis, which is my like local pastor. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, okay, if you're sure, like I don't really know what is going on with this, but okay, whatever. Um, and so the next Saturday I was at church and I just... I went up to the pastor and I was just like, hey, I want to talk about I'm um, getting baptised. And he was like, we'll talk about that. Come see me on Monday. And I went and saw him on the Monday and I talked to him and I told him everything, like absolutely everything in great detail. Poor guy. Um, and he was like, okay, well, after the school holidays, um, we'll come back and we'll talk and um, we'll just go through this. And in the in that time, there was like a two-week gap there. And in that time, I was just almost like obsessed with like just finding out more about who God was and what he wanted. I would just, I pretty much cut out all of the TV that I had been watching at the time and I was just watching sermon after sermon, reading the Bible and it was, it was really like a obsession kind of thing. Other than eating and parenting my son, that's pretty much all I did. Um, At this point, all of my friends from my, that I was friends with had basically left for a myriad of reasons. Um, there was a couple that was still hanging around, but I was just so obsessed with finding out who God was and what he wanted to do with my life and where on earth I was going. And So I didn't really talk to anyone, and then I was... It was the start of school holidays, and I had planned for the second week to go back to New South Wales, to my hometown, and just spend some time with my grandparents, and just because Naranja is pretty far away from anything, and so it's just very um, like excluded. And I... Um, yeah, I went there and I just spent the week, my grandparents basically watched home and I just spent the week like searching for God and stuff like that. And then um, when I came back, I had like all the baptismal studies with my pastor at the time and he just brought stuff to life and just showed me how in the Bible God shows says how much I'm worth to him and all this kind of stuff. And it left me in tears quite a few times, like happy tears. And then from then on, I, I did, I ended up getting baptized and Throughout the past, like, six months, my life has done a full 180. Instead of being, like, all about me and I was, like, really proud and selfish and all of that kind of stuff, I have just just have this drive to serve um, and just get let people know who God is and how much he can do for them. And, like, I'm nothing big or extraordinary or anything like that, but I just want people to know that they can... It doesn't matter how insignificant you think you are, that God can still do wondrous miracles in your life. That's great, uh, Kayla. Uh, we're talking to child of God who was very angry with God at some point in time because of her life, because of her upbringing, because of her relationships. But now she's quite obsessed with God and in love with God because she's given her heart to God and allowing Him to sort out uh, her struggles and her situation. Leila, just in a word of two, seems like we cannot finish your story on this program and we need to have you back. But if you'll um, say something to somebody out there who's listening now, maybe 
having similar experience. What would you say to a young person like you or not so young? I guess the thing that I would say would be that you are worth so much more than you get told that you are. Um, the devil whispers in our ears all the time telling us how worthless we are, but we are worth so much to God, so much so that he died so that he could keep a relationship with us. Like, that is love right there. Like, the more, if you read through the crucifixion story, God actually, Jesus pleads with God to um, take this cup from him, but he still goes through with it anyway, and that right there is love, and you are worth so much more than dodgy relationships and mediocre you're worth more than a mediocre life. Like God wants you to live an abundant life and he wants a relationship with you. And I just encourage anyone out there who's listening just to pursue that because it's so worth it. So, so worth it. Life on the other side is so so much better than life on the opposite side. Thank you very much, Leila, for taking time to come with us and share your story. May God bless you and um, use you as a humble tool in his hands to reach out to many other young people. And may God be with you. Thank you for listening to us. Until next time, please don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.